Hey, it's Travis with the Side Stage Show. Join me every Thursday, noon to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on 95.9 KRFF, heard throughout the Fargo-Moorhead area. You can also tune in online from anywhere at RadioFreeFargo.org for tunes, guests, interviews, even local community happenings. You can also check out the replay of our interviews on Spotify, iHeartMedia, iTunes, Buzzsprout, and more. Check out the Side Stage Show with Travis. Tune in, turn up, and jam out. She's a local model. She's an advocate. She's an educator. Victoria Nicole Hughes, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited to have you on the show. We've been wanting to uh, have you on the show for the last couple of weeks. It worked out this week, Halloween week. Are you excited for Halloween? I am. It's a little weird with um, COVID everything this year, but yeah. still very excited. Yeah. You know, I don't know how much you like horror movies, but I woke up today. You know what the first thing I did? I went to the AMC channel and bright and early this morning, they started the uh, the uh, uh, Friday the 13th marathon. That's how you start off the season, right? Yeah, it's a great way to wake up. <laughs> Energizing everything. Tis the season. I absolutely love Halloween. Do you remember trick-or-treating when you were a kid? Yes. What was one of your favorite costumes when you were little? Um, So I had a Lion King costume. They didn't have any... Um uh, Simba's left, so I was Nala. Okay. Um, some funny foreshadowing there, but um, that was one of my favorite, just because I loved The Lion King growing up. Absolutely. Do you have any favorite uh, trick-or-treating stories or memories from you when you when you were little? Anything that stands out from uh, when you were a youngster going door-to-door? I don't think we can really do that anymore, though. No, yeah, I know. It's kind of weird, especially nowadays, but um, not the top of my head, like, great memories. Just spending time with my parents and yeah. my friends in my neighborhood, just going around and getting candy. How awesome was it when you got home and having this big bag or bucket of candy and just pouring it out on the table? It wasn't so much that it was candy. It's just like you felt like you accomplished something. You went out there and did the work and now here's the fruits of your labor, a table full of candy. How good were those memories? Absolutely. And I loved, I loved to sort them. I was weird like that, but I loved to sort the candy. Were you one of those that the chocolate went first and then maybe you started thinking about maybe the Smarties or whatever else there was? Or did you, or was it fair game, everything? No, of course. Chocolate (laughs) first, always. If my parents didn't take it from me first. Favorite Halloween candy? Uh, Skittles. Skittles. Hands down. Interesting. Yeah. I love Skittles. Love the fruit. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, happy early Halloween. Any big plans this weekend? You said nothing. Kind of keeping low key. Yeah, I got it. And I had the opportunity to be invited to some of the parties. But I'm really not sure just with everything going on. I'm just kind of paranoid. Well, we appreciate you being here and being our guest co-host today. Are you cool to hang out for a little while? Absolutely. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Of course, the election is coming up. We're turning our clocks back this weekend. We're going to find out what you're going to be doing here very soon. You've got an event that you're going to be a part of. So lots of great stuff. We're uh, we're hanging with Victoria Nicole Hughes in studio as our guest co-host. You're tuned into the Side Stage Show presented by our good pals over there at Fix It Forward Auto Care in Moorhead, opening a second location very soon in South Fargo. Can't wait for that. Now, Victoria, you were sharing something with me uh, just a couple of weeks ago when we started chatting about having you here on the show. You are, and congratulations to you, and that's very inspiring for all the great things that you're doing here in the community, but you are the first transgender female model in our community. That's exciting. I got to ask, what what led you down the road of wanting to get into modeling? Um, That's actually something, thank you, by the way. Yeah. Um, It's actually something that I've always wanted to do, but um, prior to coming out and transitioning, it's something that seemed like the impossible dream yeah so um now that i'm able to live it yeah it's 
it's it is a dream to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. And so I'm just getting it started and trying to get myself out there and be visible in the community. Well, fantastic and kudos to you. Uh, you're doing great things Thank and you. inspiring a lot of people. Let me ask you who inspired you to get into modeling. Obviously, it was something you thought about doing, but obviously you had to get inspiration from some individuals who kind of inspired you to go down that road. So I honestly had a lot of um, trans women that inspired me that's popular in um, the world today. However, I have a specific friend that actually models that is not trans, that uh, identifies as gender fluid. Okay. And um, they live in Ohio. Okay. Um, and they are part of Columbus Editorial Society, which oh. is the parent company, I believe, right. of Fargo Editorial Society. Sure. Which sure. we're going to talk about in a second. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but they contacted me and they're like, hey, um, uh, our company is kind of expanding to your lo- location. I'm like, really? In yeah. Fargo? Yeah. Out of all places, they're right. going to come to Fargo? Are you kidding? <laughs> that, that can't be true. And then I checked it out. And so so they, they really give me the push and basically at my doorstep. So yeah. I'm like, all right. Might as well. Absolutely. Well, that it. says great things about our community to see that something like that has made its way to Fargo. And it seems like, and we've been watching and been, a, we actually had Kaylee on here not too long ago. And it looks like a great community of everything you got going on. You've got photographers and models. Kind of give us a, a breakdown from your standpoint what the Fargo Editorial Society is. It's been a great collaboration of artists. Okay. Um, it's been a great um, opportunity for. Um, artists to get together for relationships to be made for um, um, yeah it's ba- it's basically just a collaboration of artists and it gives um, opportunities for people that like myself yeah had no idea right what, now, how to do anything do you else. know if this is going to be something we're going to start seeing in a publication because this seems like a a wonderful thing to do is going into the grocery store and looking on the newsstands and seeing a Fargo Editorial Society publication we are so supportive of the arts community around here do you know if there's any talk about doing something like that or maybe a website dedicated to that any any news on that stuff so um so we actually just had our first publication hey. uh which is a lookbook, Fargo Editorial Society cool. lookbook that was published um, last month. So um, we're still we still haven't gotten them yet, just because it's been in right. with everything going on. Of course, but um, yeah, we just started that publication. Um, as far as website, um, I believe it's a part of the Columbia Editorial okay. Society. Sure, um, and I do everything through Instagram. Honestly, okay. So <laughs> off the top of my head, I don't know the website. Right, but. Well, where can we find you on Instagram for folks who would like to support you? Sure, absolutely. On Instagram, I am at, all one word, the Victoria Vixen. Okay, fantastic. Now, we were talking about the Fargo Editorial Society. There's an event coming up here, Monochrome Moment. Interesting title. What exactly is going to be the theme of that for those who are kind of going, uh, I'm not sure. So Fargo Editorial Society just got um, a warehouse that we're able to shoot in now. Oh, cool. And before it was just random locations yeah. that were, had a theme and it was kind of fun and cool in that way. Right. Um, but we actually have a location now and I believe that's Ivy and Rose Warehouse is called okay. in Fargo. Sure. I've never been there yet. Right. Um, but uh, that's the location that we're going to be shooting and it is a uh, all white, like it, everything in there is white. Cool. So the monochrome moment shoot is going to be, um, we're going to be wearing different colors, like 
splashes of color in right. a white background. It's going to be very artistic. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. That's going to. And do you know when that event is going to be? November 8th. November 8th. Now, obviously, again, you're inspiring a lot of people here in the community. For those who are interested or curious about the Fargo Editorial Society, do you know how they can be a part of this event or even just maybe come and watch and see how things are, learn a little bit more? Do you know how that process works at all? Yeah, I would um, probably reach out on Instagram. Okay. That's personally how I started. Sure. And um, we're trying to build that group and clientele, I guess, yeah. on Instagram. So I would just reach out at um, Fargo Editorial Society. On Fantastic. Instagram. Sounds great. Well, obviously, again, you're inspiring a lot of folks with what you're doing here and you're doing great things. But we have that, I think we still have that old school mentality of what it takes to be a model or make the magazines or make the websites or be an influencer, I guess, is the kind of the lingo these days. For those wanting to get into it but think, oh, I don't have what it takes, what would you what would you say to them? It's so cliche, but the <laughs> thing is, just do it. Yeah. Like, take, shoot your shot. Just go Love in it. for it. Um like I said, I had to be inspired by someone who was hundreds of miles away from me, yeah. um, but just said, hey, this is literally at your doorstep. You don't have to wait for it to be at your doorstep. Absolutely. I did, but you don't have to. And there are so many models in Fargo Editorial Society that I've met that this is their first shot as well. Um, awesome. After, you know, I don't call myself a veteran, but yeah. I, I've done it a couple of times now. Yeah. And every time there's at least one new person yeah. and um, I try to like talk to them, be sure. like, you know. So glad you're here. Yeah. I I hope you enjoy it. Like, <laughs> Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's awesome. We love to see people pursuing their dreams. And I think if anything, 2020 has taught us, shoot your shot. Go yeah, for it. Literally. Go out and, and explore your dreams. Uh, if it doesn't work this time, doesn't mean there's not other avenues for it that aren't going to work for you down the road. You just got to stay consistent. If you're tuned into the side stage show presented by our good pals over there at Fix It Forward, I don't care. Let's talk about the music education part. Where do you teach here in in the community? So I have the wonderful opportunity to teach K-5 music um, in West Fargo. Oh, fantastic. West Fargo Public School System. Oh, how long you been doing that now? So this will be my third year. Okay, third year. What, What led you down the road of wanting to do music. I mean, again, now, for me, music, now you're talking my language because I was that guy who had the long hair, the piercings, the leather jacket, and I used to play in rock bands when I was a kid, and and uh, I got into radio. We all have our reason for wanting to get into things. Like, I got into radio because I wanted the hearing loss and the Bud Light poncho. <laughs> but uh, here we are, and I love music first and foremost, which is why I'm in radio, but what led you to, to wanting to get into music? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> because I, when I... Went um, went to university. Okay, like I went all around the music building, okay. and I went to university for a number of years. Yes, um, <laughs> I actually started in film. Oh, um, got out of film. Okay, then went to uh, vocal performance. Okay, realized the end of vocal performance was opera or some kind of theater thing, which I don't have anything against. It's just not me. Yeah, I do love to sing. Right, but I don't like the attention to be on me when it's just me singing. Sure, but. That's another thing. Um, and then I went from there to uh, audio production. Okay. Then live production. Oh, wow. So behind so, the scenes and then in front of the scenes. Fantastic. So did you do any performing at all? Were you in bands or do any of those kind of things growing up? Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> Prior to transitioning, I had always had um, some kind of acapella group that I was for. Okay. Um, me oh, and a cool. friend, co- uh, we, we founded a group called Cut Time at Minnesota State University, Moorhead, where cool. I went to school. Okay. Okay. Um, and then after that died off, we kind of reincarnated that to a new group called Soulfire, which
which is actually still in existence oh. today. Okay. So that's my legacy at that school. Oh, so, so cool. So what got you then from wanting to be the performer and learning your instrument to now being an educator? I, I think that's got to be, that's got to test the patience. Trying to get young kids, first of all, to, to hone in and focus on something and then teach them something and, and know that they're absorbing it. So what made you want to become an educator? That's, that's another great question. Because <laughs> like I said, I went all the way around. Yeah. So I ended up at education because I had exhausted everything. I did law and like music or entertainment law and stuff like that. I did right. everything. Yeah. And I was like, I just don't know. I don't like any of these. I don't feel right. right. Um, but with education, it was really the fact that I got to share my passion and my love for music yeah. with other students and help them discover theirs right i thought that was the most important thing to me because i never honestly never thought myself oh i'm gonna be a teacher when i grow up like that never crossed my mind at all right but then i got in the classroom and i worked with these students and i got to share these things i got to see their reactions i got to hear what they're listening to and make comparisons and stuff and teach them things and that was that was really it is there ever been a moment teaching these young kids you said k through five correct Mm -hmm. has there ever been a moment where you just said that young child is going to be talented because they already have it countless yeah countless times that's awesome to hear then that's that's another rewarding thing is that i get to see that on a daily basis right has any of them ever shocked you here you are and maybe Eight-year-old Sally comes in and she's singing the lyrics to WAP. Anything crazy ever happened like that? Or like, you're too young to know that stuff. Oh gosh, <laughs> almost on a weekly basis because I do this. I do this segment where I allow them to share what music they're listening. Yeah. So we listening to so I can we can just kind of talk about things that we're learning about and how it's used today right. in today's music. Yeah. And oh my gosh, it is literally always inappropriate. I'm like. <laughs> No. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> no. I don't know why you're listening to this at home. I'm not your parent. I'm your teacher, yeah. but I don't really approve no. of this. <laughs> not in my classroom. That's awesome. I'm a big Halloween person. I love Halloween. I've always loved Halloween. I love the whole concept of Halloween, trick-or-treating, dressing up, horror movies. I don't even get scared by horror movies. I think they're entertainment. There's there's just a point where you go, it's a movie. And uh, and I and I even like that Geico commercial where they make fun of it, like, head for the cemetery, and why can't we get in the running car? Are you crazy? Let's hide behind the chainsaws, because it's entertainment. It's right. just silly. But uh, I also love artists who are very kind of horror-based. You're Alice Cooper. Your Rob Zombies, your Marilyn Manson. Do you have a Halloween song or a song that you think it's so spooky that it's creepy year round and especially around the Halloween season? Is there one that sticks out in your mind? Well, being a music educator and working with children yeah. and being a classically trained musician as well, yeah. my creepy music is more in a classical genre. Sure. And the one that I play every year for my kids around. Um, Halloween time is Camille Saison's uh, Danse Macabre, which uh, it tells the story of the Grim Reaper or death um, resurrecting bodies from the graveyard. Ooh, I'm going to have to look that up. I didn't even know about that. Obviously, because it's not a mainstream song, we would have to know that. That's Not at all. (laughs) I'm going to have to get that information from you because now I want to hear that. That sounds very interesting. Absolutely. Of course, there's a lot of them out there. There's your Rob Zombies, who's very Halloween themed. I mean, just go to Rob Zombie's show and it's like going into a horror movie. But uh, that and Alice Cooper, of course, kind of started that whole thing. Kiss, even to a point, could be that way. Uh, But I think somebody for me in my part 
particular generation. The song itself, not really about any Halloween or horror thing, but I always thought the vibe and the tone of the beautiful people from Marilyn Manson, plus if you saw the video and the way he looked at that time, just so creepy that to this very day, I will still put that at the top of the list. And it's just, again, where you were at that time in your life that it just speaks to you and and that sort of thing. But how about spooky stories? Are you ever one of those that have encountered your own situation that you're just like, I can't explain what just happened here, but... I'm completely creeped out. Ever have a story like that? Um, Not much, but when I was a child, when my friends and I were hanging in our neighborhood, just kind of being a neighborhood gang, (laughs) (laughs) um, we would bike around and there was this haunted house. I swear it was haunted. We never saw anyone in it. We just saw that the light, it was, okay, so it was like a dilapidated house, gray, black shingles. Um, and it had a red door. So we called right. it the house of the red door. Very interesting, right? <laughs> what? Very poetic. <laughs> I know. But um, we were just so creeped out about it. Right. So um, we would not like want to be near it. But at one point we did try to be brave and like <laughs> we're kids. Yes. Um, and so we went in like we didn't can't go in the house, obviously, but we went into the backyard and yeah. just. To see what was up, I don't know. Um, and we saw a bunch of like des- desiccated like rabbits oh and my God. Uh, squirrels. Oh, and we screamed and we run, <laughs> we ran, we ran away from that house. Um, and every time we drove by or like would be by it, right. we'd always see the lights on, and they had this creepy, I don't know, just weird. What's the name? Curtain. Sure, <laughs> couldn't think of it. Right, with a candlelight behind it and every window is like what is going on in that house (laughs) so creepy so that's like our haunted house i I love it well i'm native and so we're very spiritual Mm -hmm. and uh so this happened a couple of months after my father had passed um and I went up there to 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 go visit my family went to my cousin's house and she had a two-year-old daughter at the time and she goes, hey, would you mind watching my daughter for a few minutes? I just want to run to the store real quick. And she goes, plus mom kind of needs a break. And I'm like, I totally get it. Go do your thing. I will hang out and play with her. So I'm there hanging out, playing with her. And she goes, I'm going to go downstairs and play with Uncle Junior. Now, that is the nickname they gave my dad. Okay. Uh, he was called Junior because uh, obviously my grandpa was senior. He was Junior. And so everybody in the family, even friends, called him Junior. And so... Uh, we're upstairs and I'm just kind of sitting at the table watching her do her thing and all of a sudden she just kind of turned like somebody was calling her and she started heading for the basement and she's two years old so I don't want her to go down the stairs by herself and I go well where are you going and she goes I'm going to go downstairs to play with Uncle Junior and I went huh and so (laughs) I led her down the stairs and I'm like looking around I don't see anything and I needed to go to the restroom I didn't see anything that she could get into or get hurt So I quickly started going up the stairs. I'm going, I got to make this quick. Started getting halfway up the stairs and she's giggling and she starts talking to Uncle Junior and and she goes, he's going to the bathroom. And I'm like, okay, we're going to wait and we're going to go right right back back downstairs. (laughs) And I grabbed her by, I'm like, where's Uncle Junior? And she kept pointing over to like the dark corner of the basement that they had kind of closed off with some storage stuff. And I'm like... Let's go upstairs. Do you want a treat? Let's get a treat. Do you want to? Maybe there's a cookie or something we can hit. Yeah. So, and she goes, "Bye, Grandpa Junior." And I went, 
Oh my lord! Oh my lord! So those type of things happened frequently, though, and uh, but that was one that I just for the first time I was like, oh dear, that creeped me out. Yeah. Uh, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more comfortable with those type of things. I've had more familiar situations. Grandma's passed away. I've had some things where maybe smell her perfume, mm. that sort of thing. But that was the first incident that I ever really experienced that just creeped me out. I've learned to adjust and get more comfortable, but that was the first one. So for sure, it, you I know, totally get that. Those things kind of happen. Uh-huh. We got more to come up here with our, our guest co-host, Victoria Nicole Hughes. Radio Free Fargo, 95.9 KRFF. We're talking Halloween right now. We just talked about our, our first spooky experience. How about horror movies? I'm a big fan <laughs> of horror movies, but I've never been scared by them, really. I've always found them entertaining, almost kind of like just a, a lifelike version of the the. the the, the cartoons, your your Bugs Bunnies and things like that. Uh, not this, to say that those aren't based on true stories, whatnot, but I've just never been rattled by them. But I do have my first memorable movie experience. Do you remember the horror movie for the first time that just rattled you and you're like, I will never forget that film because it scared the crap out of me. Oh my gosh, I wish I had that same feeling towards <laughs> horror movies because everybody likes them and yeah. I am terrified of them. Right. Like, oh, I don't get that thrill. <laughs> my thrill is like 100% like terror. Like I'm like, get me out of this location wherever we're watching it. So you're not a haunted house person? Uh, no, 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 no. Oh my gosh. No. No. So we're giving away tickets here to the haunted farm so I couldn't drag you in there if you, if your life depended on it. <laughs> probably not. No. Probably have to give it to my roommates or something and be like, here you go. No. No, no, no. But do you remember the, the horror movie that rattled you for the first time? You'll never forget it. I'll probably stereotypically be Saw just because okay. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. It's very creepy in the sense of how he tortured people. I mean, he yes. got very, very interesting, and and it was a very much an education on how he made everything work intricately to torture these people as in a slow death type of thing. Which very. Is, I think that's kind of the scariest thing is that it was so intelligently designed yeah. to be so intricate. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Ugh, you know, it's so funny. I used to have a cat, and I remember... That was one of the first times, too. And there's even a meme out there going, you know, I hate when my cat runs into the room, uh, screeches at something at the chair, and then tears out of there. And now I'm left holding a crucifix going to sleep at night. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And I had a cat that did that. But getting back to the horror films, again, I never got scared. Even as a little boy, I never got scared. But I will tell you, and this is being a, a, a boy about the whole thing is that I watched one of the Nightmare on Elm Streets and I think the reason was is it was number it was their third one and I was just a young guy but I remember seeing one of the bands that I liked did a song for this horror film so I ended up going and watching the horror film when it came out on VHS at the time remember those you probably weren't even young no, enough to those, be <laughs> we had those VCRs uh, yep. VHS absolutely <laughs> so Nightmare on Elm Street 3 came out VHS I think the one was called Dream Warriors and I was very into into it. I was watching the whole thing, thinking maybe I was going to see that band in it because that's what got me into it in the first place. So I was hoping I was going to see the band. But then there was a scene where the nurse got completely naked and seduced her patient before her like 30-foot tongue strangled him. Come screaming out of her mouth and strangled him to death. Ah. And I went, well, that isn't a way to go. You know, I mean, I was a four, 
four, five-year-old boy, and I'm like, uh, if I'm going to go, I want to go that way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's my, that is my memorable horror film, and it wasn't that it was scary. I just remember, I think that was one of my first boy experiences, <laughs> and it was with a horror film. <laughs> Such a weird way to remember a horror film. <laughs> Nothing has been more spookier so far than the year 2020. Amen. There's a lot of stuff going on, and unfortunately, oh. if that's not bad enough, we got to turn the clocks back an hour. That means we get an extra hour of 2020. I don't really want an extra hour of 2020. All right. I, I feel that same way. Oh but we got to turn the clocks back this weekend. One hour. And so if you could, if it was this easy, even if it was just for a day, what would you want to turn your clocks back to? Which year in particular could you do that to? All right. You're hearing this from a teacher, Ready? All right. <laughs> I would love to, um, being the person I am now, I would love to be able to go back to like 2007 and onward and be in like middle school and high school and just do it over again just because it was just so different and I was just so, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get to have that experience that a lot of kids do. So So on a personal level, you'd like to go back to 2007, be back in middle school, but be more of the person you are now. Correct. 